0: Welcome to Basic Christian Life. The teaching series within this podcast is a part of the Basic Discipleship program. In Mark eight thirty four, Jesus said, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Our hope is that this material will equip you with basic Bible truths that you can know how to effectively follow Christ. Now, let's join today's lesson. Hey, welcome to Basic Discipleship. And in this series, we're talking about basic Christian life. And this is lesson number one. And in this session, uh, we're talking about the gospel. The goal here is to give listeners, to give disciples uh, important truth to help them understand the gospel, the basics of the gospel, and then to help them share the gospel. The word gospel is one that simply means good news. Uh, we, the, the Greek word in the New Testament translated gospel is one that means simply good news. And it's a fitting designation for the message concerning Jesus because God's son, Jesus, can save people from sin and from all of sin's consequences, even death. Uh, The gospel teaches us how we can be freed, released from the penalty sin deserves. And so the message of the cross, the message of Christianity is indeed good news. And so since the Bible has good news for us, since the Bible has gospel for us, it's important that we as disciples uh, know what the gospel is and that we also know how to share it. This gospel is at the center of the Christian faith. Christianity makes zero sense without the gospel. One can't know how to know God without the gospel. One can't have forgiveness of sins and go to heaven when he or she dies without the gospel. Furthermore, one won't be equipped to uh, battle sin and to live with encouragement in his or her daily life. If one doesn't understand the gospel, it's crazy how in modern Christianity, So many Christian movements, so many churches, so many tribes can get caught up in so many things, and and in doing so, they miss out on the gospel. They seem to forget the good news. So it's important for us in this series, so we're going to talk about many subjects to start with this subject, the gospel. We've got to remain in the gospel. We've got to stay gospel-centered. The gospel isn't just something for the initial moments of salvation. The gospel is something for the entirety of the Christian life. And so we want to focus on this topic. And and we're going to do so by speaking under two subject headings. Number one, I want to talk to you about the content of the gospel. And then secondly, we're going to talk about a simple, very simple plan for sharing the gospel. So let's talk first about the content of the gospel. And I believe it's important for us to think about four simple gospel realities. And by being aware of these four gospel realities, I believe we'll all be equipped uh, to both live and share the life of Christ. So four gospel realities, write these down. Number one, think about this word, start, start, S-T-A-R-T, start, I think in thinking about the gospel, we need to start with the beginning. We need to remember why we are alive. We need to focus on our purpose in existing. When it comes to sharing the gospel with people in this world, we need to start with ground zero. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl has been created for a relationship with God. This is why we are alive, to know God and to enjoy Him forever. This is where the gospel starts. I think of Genesis 1 where the Bible says, God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. Oh, it's so important in a world of relativism. It's so important in a world in which athe- atheistic evolutionary thinking dominates the minds of many. It's so important for us To reclaim this reality. Everybody's been made for relationship with God. We're here for a reason. We've got to start with that. But number two, we have to move to talk about this subject we call sin. That's our second word. Our second gospel reality. We're made for relationship with God. That's where we start. But secondly, in order to understand the gospel, we have to understand this thing called sin. Now sin is anything we say think, or do that fall short of God's standard of perfection. In 1 John chapter 3, we read that sin is a transgression of the law. God, because of his moral character, God, because of his impeccable holiness, has a standard by default of what is right and wrong for all of his creation. And the Bible teaches that all of us, Romans three twenty three have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means none of us have lived up to his standard of perfection. We are all finite and fallen. We are all broken and we've all done bad things. We've all at some point stepped across God's boundaries and violated his moral law. That's why the Bible says in Romans Romans 3.10 that there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none righteous. No, not one. And because of this reality, we've all been cut off or separated from God. We don't have the ability naturally to have a relationship with God because our lives are stained by sin. Our lives are marred by imperfection. Oh, this is such important gospel truth. We're made for relationship with God but we're marked by sin. And as a result, we can't have that relationship with God. This is the basic gospel. The Bible says it like this in Romans six twenty three: the wages of sin is death. What does that mean? Well, do you remember back in the Garden of Eden at the beginning of time? God gave a commandment to Adam and Eve. You can eat of all of these trees, but don't eat of that one tree you know what happened they were seduced and tempted and they ended up violating God's commands they transgressed God's law they said some they did something that displeased God and as a result God's Word became true they died now, now do you remember the story after they ate the apple did they immediately die no In fact, we don't see them dying physically till later in the book of Genesis, many years later. What type of death did they experience? Well, they experienced soon after taking of the fruit, they experienced spiritual death. They were separated from God's presence. They were removed from the garden of Eden. They were removed from the tree of life that gave life and they were removed from their creator. They were alienated their very, from their very purpose and being alive, knowing God and enjoying Him forever, separated from His presence. They experienced death, spiritual death. So Paul says in Romans 6:23, the wages of sin is death. What does that mean? Well, because of sin, we naturally, by default, don't have a relationship with God. We need to be redeemed. We need to be restored. We need to be made right with God. And that's what brings us to our third gospel reality. Our third gospel reality is this word, substitute. Thanks be to God that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Paul gives us wonderful, glorious gospel truth in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8. If you were to look at that passage, uh, you would see that Paul shares with us Uh, great truth about the gospel and saying, but God proves his own love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Here's the essence of the gospel. Start. We're made for relationship with God. Sin. Because of our sin and imperfection, we're separated or cut off from God. But substitute. God made a way for us to be reconciled and brought back into a right relationship with God. Peter would say in one of his letters, Jesus came to live as the just on behalf of the unjust. He died in our place. He experienced the separation from God and the physical death we all deserve because of our sin. He died in our place. He was our substitute. When he was on the cross, God poured all of the wrath that sin deserves upon his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived the perfect life we could never live. He was without sin. He was sinless. He lived for us, but then he also died for us, embracing death on our behalf. But that's not the end of the story. Three days after his death, he got up from the grave and defeated death, proving that he was a son of God and demonstrating that his sacrifice on our behalf was effective. Jesus was our substitute. Now, in order to experience all of the benefits and blessings that come through the gospel, one must personally believe or trust in Jesus. That brings us to our fourth reality, and that is this idea of salvation. Salvation. The Bible says this, Ephesians 2.8, for by grace are you saved through faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. Now grace speaks of a gift. Everything that God's done in his plan of salvation, the entirety of the gospel is all a gift. It's not something earned by us. It's not something initiated by us. God in eternity past created the gospel and the plan of salvation. Romans revelation thirteen eight teaches us that Jesus was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And you see, even in Genesis 315, shortly after Adam and Eve sin, that God tells Satan, I'm going to send one who is going to crush your head. Many would call that the first mention of the gospel in the Bible. So before we were even born, before our parents were born, even in eternity past, prehistory, God had this plan of salvation. It's all of grace. And so Ephesians 2, 8 says, for by grace, you are saved through faith. So God in his love and in his grace, his mercy and his goodness creates this plan of salvation, sends Jesus Christ to live the life we could never live. And although we're sinners, we can be restored to our original purpose in life we can receive forgiveness and be brought into a relationship with God. But in order to receive all of that and experience of all of that, we have to exercise this thing called faith. Now faith isn't mere believing as some would say. I remember sharing the gospel with a guy on one occasion, one of my neighbors, and he said, Hey Patrick, you don't have to worry about me. I I believe, I believe in the big man upstairs. Well, I want us to remember and I want us to know that faith is more than believing. James tells us in James chapter two that even demons believe in God and they shudder and fear because of him. So faith, saving faith isn't mere believing the, the word faith speaks of a trust, a reliance, a confidence in someone or something. As I teach right now, I'm sitting on a stool. And when I sat upon this stool, I had confidence that it would hold me up and support my body. Maybe that's a picture of how faith works. Faith is you trusting, relying, having confidence in what Jesus has done on your behalf. Faith is you banking on his work on your behalf as having the ability to save your soul from hell and give you a relationship with God. Have you ever exercised that type of faith? Have you ever placed your confidence in Jesus for salvation? Is He the object of your trust? Or are you trusting in your good works, your religion, your family heritage, a baptism? Are you trusting in Christ and Christ alone? Hey, we're talking about the basic Christian life and this is the basic Christian life. This is salvation relying in what Christ has done for deliverance from sin. And the Bible says, call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. What does that mean? Exercise faith by praying, calling out to the Lord, admitting that you're a sinner, believing that Jesus died for your sins. And in confidence, ask him to forgive you of your sins and come into your life. This is the gospel. Start, sin, substitute, salvation. I want to speak under a second subject heading. I want to talk to you secondly about a plan for sharing the gospel. Jesus, shortly before he ascended into heaven, said this in Mark 16:15: Go into all the world and preach the gospel. The the word translated preach there is a word that simply means to proclaim. It was the word used in the first century of a town herald, the dude who made announcements for everybody in town. It's the word used of a town herald who would stand on different occasions in the middle of town and with a loud voice make a public announcement for all of the village to hear. And Jesus used that word of what I'm to do and what you're to do, what we're all to do as Christians. We're all to go out into our towns and to our villages and to our cities and into our world and make an announcement and proclaim that Jesus is God's Son who lived and died so that people can be forgiven of their sins. Now, now many believers know they ought to do this. They know they ought to be involved in sharing the gospel with others. But many simply just fail in this area. Why? I believe because they don't know how. In fact, the most often used excuse for a lack of evangelism in the church many times is number one, fear, but number two, ignorance. And I believe it's important for us to have a plan that will help us deal with our fear and deal with our ignorance. If we know, if we have a good, simple, easy, natural way to share the gospel, we'll be less fearful in sharing the gospel and we'll remedy Uh, the thing called ignorance that keeps us from sharing the gospel. Now now I want to share a simple plan, and this isn't original with me. It involves what's often called a three-minute testimony. I, I believe by using three simple conversation topics, a person can share the gospel very quickly and very effectively. I say three minutes, but I found that I can share the gospel even quicker than that. So let me give you three guidelines. Three conversation topics, three bullets you can use in your mind, three bullet points you can use in your mind to share the gospel with others. First of all, think about this. Think about my life or your life before Christ. Think about my life before Christ. What was your life like before Christ? I think of a passage in John chapter 9 and verse 25 In John's Gospel, uh, the Apostle John speaks of this man who was healed by Jesus. He had been blind. And the, the governing authorities, the religious authorities, catch this man and they question him. And they've got an agenda because they don't like Jesus and they keep pressing him. Tell us what happened. Tell us about this man. Tell us what you think about him. And they accused Jesus in verse 24 of being a sinner. And then the man answered them in John 9, 25 and said, whether or not he's a sinner, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I can see. I remember how when I was a new Christian, that verse really resonated with me because I felt like spiritually I had been blind and now I had the ability to be saved. In fact, one of the first sermons I ever preached in a jail, uh, Was on this verse because it just felt like it was a testimony of my life. I was once blind, but I now see now I want you to know for every believer Every believer like this man should be able to testify of what their life was like before Christ now for some that may be Involved some really remarkable life change. I mean for some chains of addiction were broken their vocabulary completely changed their lifestyle became radically new but for others the change may be more slight some were saved at a young age and it's not like they were robbing banks and doing drugs before they got saved at six years of age right so it's different from everybody but I, it's different for everybody but i believe everyone can testify i have a life before christ now for me i like to say it like this Before I met Christ, my life seemed really meaningless. I had no purpose or direction in life, and I didn't have any real joy or contentment. I knew I needed something more in life. Now, I just shared that with you off the cuff. There's a lot of words there. I've prepared this three-minute testimony before. There's a lot of words that I've used in the past. Um, but And I've kind of memorized those key words, like without purpose, meaningless. I needed more joy. And so for me, I, I remember those things. And then when I share the gospel with somebody, I just real quickly, in a sentence or two, you just heard it, share those ideas with them. So again, I can say it, and I'll say it maybe in a different way here. Before I met Christ, my life seemed meaningless. I had no purpose or direction. I lacked joy and contentment. I knew there had to be something else in life. My life before Christ. So so for me, there's no major bad thing. There's no real remarkable story. Um, about a life of crime or drugs or drunkenness. But but I feel that that what I just shared with you is really true. I really felt those things before I met Christ. So, So how do I share the gospel? I first start with my life before Christ. I'm prepared in an instant to share that idea. But secondly, I like to share how I met Christ. What was involved with me actually meeting Christ? I've written down here in my notes. The verse John, the verse John three sixteen. Many, most of us would know that verse. For God's love the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And the reality is, if you are saved, there was that point in your life where you did what John three sixteen says. You believed in Jesus. So I think it's important in sharing your testimony in this fashion to just relay, share how you met Christ. So, so I'm honest about it. I didn't, you know, have this remarkable experience where someone confronted me on the street and made me aware of uh, my sin. You know, some people have more of a remarkable story here, and that's great. I believe the Lord uses that in a powerful way. But for me, I was actually in a church and heard a preacher over a few weeks preach the gospel and I understood that I was imperfect and a sinner and I understood that Jesus was God's son who lived the perfect life on my behalf and died for my sins and I heard that if I would believe and trust in Jesus for salvation God would forgive me of my sins and come into my life and give me a home in heaven when I died So i might hear on this this point you know sharing my three minute testimony i might share my life before christ hey before i met christ life seemed like it had no purpose it was meaningless i had no real joy or contentment seemed like my life had no direction seemed like something was missing in my life and then number two how i met christ then I, i attended a church where i heard a preacher Talk about how everybody's made for a relationship with God, but we're all imperfect. We all have sin. And as a result, we're separated from God. Then he talked about how Jesus was God's son who lived and died for us. And if we will believe in him, we will be forgiven of our sins. And, And I prayed and believed in Jesus. I did what the preacher said. So that might be a way that I would share that second point of how I met Christ. Sometimes I'm really short in sharing that, sometimes a little bit longer. But we're seeing three conversation topics uh, that give us a plan for sharing the gospel. Number one, my life before Christ. Number two, how I met Christ. And number three, my life after Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul said, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, um, old things have passed away and all things have become new. The reality is, if you are saved, you've likely experienced a change. As the one who said, if there's no change, and N O change, there's no Christ, N O Christ. But if you know Christ, K N O W, know Christ, then you will know, K N O W, change. And, and I think all of us could give some type of testimony. So like what I like to say is after I prayed and asked God to save me because of what Jesus had done, I experienced this sense of forgiveness and peace and I felt like God gave me purpose and direction in life. And since that time, though life hasn't been perfect and sometimes it's been hard, I've had a friend and a savior and a king that's been with me every step of the way. Now again, I just shared that with you naturally. That's not canned, that's not memorized. There's a few key ideas there. And, and I've done this enough now to where I can just share it naturally. I've got these three ideas, these three conversation topics. And I keep them in my mind at all times. And so recently, I was at a restaurant and the waitress brought the food to my table. I was with a friend and we were about to munch on our lunch, right? And uh, a witnessing technique I've used, you know, is to ask the waiter or waitress, hey, we're about to eat. Before we eat, we're gonna pray. Is there anything I can pray for you about? And this particular day, the waitress said, yeah, I'll pray for my boyfriend, he's sorry. And she started complaining about this dude, right? Throwing him under the bus. Tell me how he was just worthless. And so, hey, we'll definitely do that for you. And so we did. She, she walked off. We said, hey, we're going to pray when you walk off. I know you've got to get back to work. We'll pray for our meal. So we prayed for our meal and prayed for this waitress. Uh, later, when she brought the ticket, I knew I've already prayed with her. I've got an opportunity to share my three-minute testimony. I've also got a little invite to church to give her. But I say, hey, we prayed for you earlier. I want to invite you to our church. Shared that with her. And I said, hey, you know what's more important than church? What's more important in church is knowing that you know God. And that you're saved and guaranteed of eternity with Him. You know, there was a time in my life where I had no purpose and direction in life. Life seemed meaningless. Had very little contentment and happiness. I knew there must be something more to life. And then I attended a church where a preacher preached the Bible. And I heard that there's a God that loves me, that made me for a relationship with Himself. But I learned that I'm imperfect. And like everybody else, I've got sin. And that sin cuts me off from a relationship with God. But I learned about how Jesus lived and died for my sins. And if I'll believe and trust in him, I'll be saved and I'll obtain a relationship with God. And I'll be able to go to heaven when I die. And and I did what the preacher encouraged me to do. I prayed and I asked God to save me in my sins. And I confessed that I believed in Jesus for salvation. And man, when I did that, I felt like I had this release, like I'd been forgiven of sins. All of a sudden I seemed to have purpose and direction in my life, and life hasn't been perfect, but I've known throughout life that I know the Lord and he's with me. Have you ever done that before? I had the opportunity to share with that waitress right then, three minute testimony. Now I don't know if you timed me, I don't know if I, that was just three minutes, but I did something like that, may have been a little bit shorter, may have been a little bit longer. You always want to avoid being too preachy and taking up too much time. You want to have a dialogue, but I believe this is a great outline for sharing the gospel. So hope it is, hopefully as we're talking about the basic Christian life, you're set now with an understanding of the gospel. You know the content of the gospel, sins, start, sin, substitute, and salvation, and you've got a plan for sharing the gospel. Three minute testimony. Three conversation topics. My life before Christ, how I met Christ, and my life after Christ. Thank you for joining us today for our lesson on basic Christian life. Stay current with other episodes by subscribing to our podcast or visit us online at basicdiscipleship.net. If you have any questions about the materials presented in this lesson or if you would like to give feedback, email us at info@basicdiscipleship.net.